It had been a long day for everyone. That Friday was not just like any other preparation day. They know that the Sabbath was approaching. They know that the Passover was soon to come. Yet that Friday was different. It was unusual. It was a day of anguish for some, yet victory for others. She could not stop crying. Tears kept flowing from her cheek. There in the place of a skull, Jesus was being crucified. The thorny crown had pierced into his head. Blood was all over his place, his face, both arms and feet. Nailed to the cross, Jesus struggled to breathe. It was excruciating to lift his body slightly higher to inhale some oxygen. There, she stood at the foot of the cross, speechless. Mary Magdalene witnessed a scene that she would never forget. Her Savior is suffering on the cross for her sins. For a few hours, she was weeping with other women, including Mary, the mother of Jesus, and few other disciples. She took a glance again at the face of Jesus. The same peace and calmness never left him, even in the toughest situation. But now, he's weak. He's feeble. What a contrast, Mary thought. He did not look like this when she first met him. Just like when we stand beside someone in his or her deathbed, we tend to recall all the good deeds that this person has done in our lives. So I imagine that Mary would do the same. Mary stood there and recalled all her experiences with Jesus. Mary had been looked upon as a great sinner. But Christ knew the circumstances that had shaped her life. He might have extinguished every spark of hope in her soul, but he did not. It was he who had lifted her from despair and ruin. Seven times she had heard his rebuke of the demons that control her heart and mind. She had heard his strong cries to the Father in her behalf. She knew how offensive it is sin to his unsullied purity. And in his strength, she had overcome. Mary has never been the same ever since. She became a new person. She learned at his feet. She bathed his feet with tears and fragrant oil. She was no longer the same Mary that everyone knew. The sinner has been saved by grace. It is finished. Strong cry of Jesus took Mary away from her thoughts. Jesus breathe his last. Cry and anguish was heard. It was a painful scene to behold for the disciples. 
even more for the women. It was difficult to lose someone who has changed your life. It was difficult to lose someone whom you owe your life to. It was difficult to witness a humiliating death of someone you love. Jesus then was laid in the tomb. And all along, Mary and other disciples had followed the procession. She wished to be there with the dead body of Jesus as long as she could. But the Sabbath hour is coming. So she dragged her feet to her home. If you have your Bible, let's turn with me to John chapter 20. This is the passage that we will be studying. John chapter 20, beginning from verse 1. John chapter 20, verse 1. Now the Bible says, Now the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb early, while it was still dark, and saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. The Bible tells us that Mary went to the tomb on Sunday morning. It was early morning while everybody is still asleep. Mary already made her way up to the tomb. And I can imagine that she could not feel rested that Sabbath. She kept thinking of Jesus. She wished to be there with him. She wanted to anoint him with spices. Mary was not the only one, though, with the desire, because we know that other gospels also mention that there are several other people that are wanting to do the same. But Pen of Inspiration mentions that Mary was the first one to arrive at the tomb. And it was Sunday morning. It was Sunday morning. Let me ask you, what time do you normally get up on Sundays? You don't have to confess. You can keep it to yourself. But the fact that Mary went to the tomb early Sunday morning tells me that her desire to be with Jesus was greater than her desire to sleep in. The fact that Mary woke up early to anoint Jesus shows that she has a personal relationship with Jesus. After all, she's been thinking about Jesus all Sabbath long. She was anxiously waiting for the Sabbath to end so she could see Jesus, her Redeemer. Mary had a personal relationship with him. Let's pay attention to the latter part of the verse. It says, while it was still dark, and she saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. So arriving there, Mary didn't realize what had happened. She didn't know that a mighty angel had come down and created such a great earthquake that the Roman soldiers fell as dead men. She didn't know all these things had happened. All she knew was that when she came there, she knew that the stone was not in place. So Mary was taken aback. Just imagine with me here for a second. Picture with me that, you know, we, we don't normally use tombs anymore, but imagine an empty coffin. Imagine that it was sealed tightly that night at the funeral, at the funeral home. And yet the next day, when the burial was about to take place, you see the coffin cracked open and the body was not there. 
how would you feel? That's exactly how Mary felt. She was shocked. Let's continue reading. Verse 2. Then she ran and came to Simon Peter and to the other disciple whom Jesus loved, which is John, and said to, him, and said to them, They have taken away the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. Mary was panicking. She ran as fast as she could to the disciples, to, to the two disciples that were closest to Jesus. And that was Peter and John. And she assumed that somebody has stolen the body of Jesus. Verse 3. Peter therefore went out and the other disciples and were going to the tomb. So to the tomb they ran. John and Peter raced as fast as they could to the tomb. Verse 4. So they both ran together and the other disciples outran Peter. And came to the tomb first. So now we know which of the among the disciples who ran faster. John, John ran faster than Peter. He's probably more fit than Peter. Verse 5. And he, stooping down, speaking of John, John stooping down and looking in, saw the linen cloth lying there. Yet he did not go in. Verse 6. Then Simon Peter came, following him, and went into the tomb. You know, as, as impulsive as Peter was, I mean, he didn't think twice. When he saw the stone was rolled, he just went straight in. Continue reading. And he saw the linen cloth lying there. Verse 7. And the handkerchief that had been around his head, not lying, not lying with the linen cloth, but folded together in a place of itself. There they found the linen cloth lying. Nicely folded. But still, this didn't trigger the thought what had happened to Jesus. Verse 8. We're going to read verse 8 and 9. Then the other disciple, which is John, who came to the tomb first, went in also. And he saw and believed. So finally, John went in as well. And the scripture says that he believed. However... Verse 9 tells us, For as yet they did not know the scripture that he must rise again from the dead. That implies that even, even when John went in and he saw the linen cloth lying and nicely folded, he saw and believed, and yet he did not fully understand what the scripture is saying about his resurrection. That's what verse 9 is essentially saying. Verse 10, Then the disciples went away again to their own home. After realizing that Jesus was not there, John and Peter went back to their home. Now, Peter and John was not, were not the only people in the scene. Remember that there was one person that called them in the first place to come to the tomb. And that was Mary. So what happened to Mary? Verse 11. But Mary stood outside of the tomb. But Mary stood outside by the tomb, weeping. And as she wept, she stooped down and looked into the tomb. 
Mary stayed outside of the tomb, and what was she doing? She was weeping. She was in tears. She desiring to see her master. Mary just could not contain her emotion anymore. She broke down. All her strength left her. What could have happened to his body? She thought. She felt the loss even more. After witnessing his death on the cross, now she was confronted with the reality that his body was not there. Mary wept and wept and wept. The Bible notes that there is only one person who wept because Jesus' body was not there. And that was Mary. No one else was recorded weeping, not even the disciples who had been with Jesus for three and a half years. But Mary wept. Yes, Mary should have remembered the prophecy of Jesus. Yes, Mary should have remembered that Jesus will rise again. Yes, Mary should have been rejoicing. But the fact that Mary wept and wept and wept outside of the tomb shows me that Mary loves Jesus so much. Mary had a deep relationship with Jesus and not one that is romantic, but one that exists between a sinner and her Redeemer. The story continues. Verse 12. And she saw two angels in white sitting, one at the head and the other at the feet where the body of Jesus had lain. Then they said to her, Women, why are you weeping? She was in deep grief that even the appearance of two angels in human form did not intrigue her. She replied, verse 13, in the latter part, she said to them, Because they have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. Mary was in deep grief. Verse 14. Now when she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there and did not know that it was Jesus. Again, in her deep anguish, she could not at first discern her master. Verse 15. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. What Mary is saying essentially is, I am willing to do anything to get my Jesus back. If you know where Jesus is, let me know. Because I will try my best to get my Savior back. Verse 16. Jesus said to her, Mary. And then she turned and said to him, Rabboni, which is to say, teacher. 
the voice of her Redeemer calling her name finally caught her attention. And it's fascinating to me that Jesus revealed himself first to Mary Magdalene. Not to his mom. Not to his disciples. Not to the twelve. Well, eleven, because Judas had died. But Jesus revealed himself to one who has been in the deepest gloom. He revealed himself to a sinner saved by grace who has been weeping for him. He revealed himself first to one who has a deep relationship with him, and that was Mary Magdalene. Mary loves Jesus. She had a personal relationship with him, and again, not one that is romantic, but one that exists between a sinner and her Redeemer. Let's finish the story. Reading verse 17. Jesus said to her, Do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to my Father, but go to my brethren. Say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, and to my God and your God. That verse implies that Mary was so overjoyed that she wanted to cling to Jesus. The, this picture, this pictures the, the reunion that we will have after a separation caused by death. There's no words that can express this joy. And she rushed to Jesus, but Jesus says, I need to go to my father first. Verse 18, Mary Magdalene came and told the disciples that she had seen the Lord and that he had spoken these things to her. Mary Magdalene was the first messenger to spread the news of his resurrection. You can picture a big smile on her face when she was running and telling everybody that her Redeemer and Savior had risen from the dead. Pen of Inspiration once again summarizes the life of Mary. And listen to this. Listen to this carefully. When to human eyes her case appeared hopeless, Christ saw in Mary capabilities for good. He saw the better traits of her character. The plan of redemption has invested humanity with great possibilities. And in Mary, these possibilities were to be realized. Through His grace, she became a partaker of the divine nature. The one who had fallen and whose mind had been a habitation of demons was brought very near to the Savior in fellowship and ministry. It was Mary who sat at his feet and learned of him. It was Mary who poured upon his head the precious anointing oil and bathed his feet with her tears. Mary stood beside the cross and followed him to the sepulcher. Mary was first at the tomb after his resurrection. And it was Mary who first proclaimed a risen Savior. 
My point is this, the one who has been the farthest from Jesus has become the closest. The one who was possessed by seven demons has been saved by grace. The one who was living the life of sin is now living a life for Jesus. Jesus contextually speaks about Mary's love for him in Luke chapter 7, verse 47. And I believe that this will summarize my message perfectly. Let's go to Luke chapter 7. Luke chapter 7, verse 47. Jesus speaks about Mary's love for him. And Jesus says this, Luke chapter 7, verse 47. Therefore, I say to you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven. For she loved much. But to whom, to whom little is forgiven, the same loves little. The reason why she loves Jesus so much is because she has been forgiven much. She was once again possessed by seven demons. She was once a public sinner. She was once away from Christ. But when she knew that all her sins were forgiven, she loved Jesus so much. The secret to a strong relationship with God is the realization of how much He has forgiven us. Without this, there will be no strong relationship at all. The secret to a strong relationship with God is the realization of how much He has forgiven us. Without this, there will be no strong relationship at all. Friends, is it your desire to have a relationship like Mary? And there's only one way. He wants you to realize how much He has forgiven you. He wants you to realize that you have been saved from a life of destruction. He wants you to realize that your biggest debt has been paid by His blood. How is your relationship with Jesus lately? Pride and self-righteousness can hinder one to have a close relationship with Him. See, when you fail to see the big picture of what sin has cost, you won't love Jesus as much. Because your pride blurs your sinfulness. Your self-righteousness distorts your wretchedness. Thinking that you are good enough or worthy enough, yet how many of us still think that we are less of a sinner than others? Well, that's not what my Bible says. My Bible tells me that everyone have sinned and have lost the glory of God. We are in equal amounts of debt as everybody else. No matter if you are holding a position in the church or not, 
No matter if you are making more than $100,000 or not, no matter if you are religious or not, we are all sinners and have been pardoned equally by Jesus Christ. And the reason why you don't love Jesus much is because you do not feel that you have been forgiven much. Friends, we need to realize that we owe Him so much. To whom little is forgiven, the same loves little. But to whom much is forgiven, the same loves much. When was the last time you weep for Jesus? When was the last time you cry because you feel that Jesus is far from you? When was the last time you longed to be with him? Not only because of our failure that we realize, we fail to realize how sinful we are. We fail to experience this closeness with Jesus because we also try to cover up our sinfulness. You see, Mary was being real with Jesus. She does not cover up her past sins in front of him. She came as she was, possessed by seven demons, public sinner. Mary came to Jesus as she was. But how many of us try to pretend to be a nice person when we come to Jesus? You try to cover up your sins, deceiving yourself by saying, it is not that sinful, it is not that bad. What you are doing is that you are blurring the line by not calling sin by its right name. Friends, we need to realize our sinfulness every day. We need to come to Him just as we are. We need to realize our wickedness. And one thing I know from the Bible, that when you come just as you are, you will love Him more. But to whom little is forgiven, the same loves little. But to whom much is forgiven, the same loves much. This is the secret to Mary's strong relationship with Jesus. Once again, at the end, I just want to ask, how is your relationship with Jesus? Do you love Jesus? Be honest. Be real. Don't try to cover it up. Some of you are in the position where you have not admitted your sins before God. There are sins that you choose to be blind to. There are some hidden sins that you have not confessed to Him. This is the time to do it. Be real with Him. Come to Him as you are. And be assured that He has forgiven all of your debt, all of your sins. And the more you realize He has forgiven you, the more you will love Him. Why are you holding it back? Why don't you deepen your relationship with God today? And if this is your desire, 
I invite you to pray in your hearts for a few minutes. Just speak to God. Just be real with Him. Be honest with Him. If you don't feel that you are close to Him, tell Him that. If you don't realize how sinful you are, thinking that you are a good enough person, be real with Him. I believe with all my heart that when we realize how much Jesus has forgiven us, it will only do us good. It will only strengthen and deepen our relationship with Him. We'll spend some quiet time here. I want you to talk to your God. Talk to Jesus. Have this conversation with Him. And after a minute or two, I will close in prayer. Friends, nothing in this world is more important than your relationship with Jesus. The Bible says, this is life eternal. That you may know the only true God, Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you once again because you have spoken to us. Father, there's no more time to be playing around with you. And at this time, we just want to take our relationship with you seriously. Give us that love. Give us that realization of how much you have forgiven us. We desire to have a close relationship with you just like Mary. Help us, dear God. Grow our love towards you. We pray and ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.